0: Everything out there in the world you can you can find you got books collectibles uh, Pop-up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items and right now you can get 35% off site-wide by using the code DC 35 that's DC and EWS 35 DC 35, use that code and receive 35% off site-wide at insighteditions.com. Welcome everybody to DC Comics News Podcast. This is a, uh, a different voice than you may be used to. I am Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News, and I am here uh, on a very rare occasion to uh, give you guys the news. But I am not alone. I am joined by a couple of fantastic writers here at DC Comics News. You know them. You love them. Brad and Seth, how you guys doing? I'm
1: good. Good. After an intro like that, I feel sparkly, yeah. like all like you know disco glitter ball, like
0: yeah, dun, dun, like a dun. like a teenage vampire running right. out into the sun. <laughs> it's lovely. It burns. <laughs> all right, uh, we are here with episode one nineteen. That's right, one hundred and nineteen episodes deep, and uh, it's it's getting good. We got some good stories here, so I think we should just uh, jump right into the movie news. So first off, Dwayne The Rock Johnson has officially been cast as the voice of Crypto the Superdog in the upcoming Super Pets film. Uh, so I'm going to start off with Seth. What are your thoughts on this?
1: Brilliant. Like I don't, I don't know if it's necessary to spell out the word or or do some sort of like Italian italicized version of it however we can do that for audio but uh just how smart like one you know familiarity with the voice like for anyone who's enjoyed wrestling they know him for anyone who's enjoyed him in movies they know him uh young rock the guy's kind of like everywhere and also i feel like there's a beautiful freedom anytime you do animation like anytime someone is the voice they have that chance to just step in and be someone completely different because all you hear is the sound of their voice. I love the idea of him as crypto. I think it's hilarious. I almost want him to be like the, well, that's not what Superman would do. We should do this. The Superman way, you know, or something where he's the the straight uh, edge kind of guy. But overall, I I just love the addition of a great voice. And I mean, the guy's got comedic timing and chops to back up everything else he does. Why not have like all-star voice animating, like, why not?
2: Brad, how about you? Yeah. Uh, one word that pops into my head is perfect. Uh, I think this is perfect casting. And I love that he is kind of keeping it in the DC family. Uh, he's become a real DC fanboy lately. And it's it's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, and he does have like a lot of weight and power in the industry. So... In the end, that's just going to bring more attention to this and more attention to DC overall, you know, between this and Black Adam. I just, I just love this idea. He, he would make the perfect voice for crypto. So and I, I, I believe it said he was executive producing it. So it's one of those things, too, where if the actor has passion for the character in some way it, it translates to a better overall movie so i'm i'm, I'm kind of looking forward to this and seeing what he does i think it's going to be a lot of fun
0: uh, what about you josh yeah i'm actually really excited for this uh, i mean when i first heard that they were doing a super pets movie i was like that's something different and I, and I really dig it but we hadn't really heard anything since uh but you know now we're starting to get casting and yeah uh he's going to be uh, his his production company is the one doing this it's a 7 buck productions it will be uh doing this film and I, what i find it interesting is that he he just got cast for this and this movie comes out before black adam and black adam he was cast like what freaking i feel like it was like a decade ago you know I, I, it probably wasn't quite that long but it feels like it if it wasn't but it comes out in may of 2022 and black adam doesn't come out until july so i was like it's like, "Wow, okay, he's uh really, really kind of squeezing us for that black Adam, but uh, he's gonna give us crypto right away." But yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty excited <laughs> for it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I th- I think it's gonna be a I think it's gonna be good. Uh speaking of movies, we got a lot more to talk about, and we've got the Batgirl movie. We got some uh, updates on that. Uh, apparently, it will be moving over to HBO Max. And it has officially found uh, its directors. Uh, we have two directors. It's uh, Adil L. Arby and Bilal Fala, the two who uh, made Bad Boys for Life, the smash hit from last year. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty excited for this. Uh, I love uh, I love the character of Batgirl, and uh, I'm really pumped that they finally got a director uh, or a pair of Of directors for this after the uh, debacle with joss whedon so uh seth what are your thoughts on the the uh, news about batgirl great news
1: and is it just me or has hbo max become like the best lifeline for all the dc projects we're worried about maybe not happening right like it almost seems like it's like the perfect transition where they go we don't know what we're doing with certain things cinematically or series wise but HBO Max gives us options. Take a look, guys. Take a look. Like it's a whole in the know that whole other way of looking at everything they thought they were planning. And it feels like the success of some great projects. I mean, some really I mean, come on, look at the Snyder Cut. Like, I, I really think that sort of cemented HBO Max as being like the place to go to for DC products. And. I love that they can capitalize in both ways because I I, I love the idea of this appearing on HBO Max and maybe uh, in the theaters at the same time, giving us that option that we've been able to enjoy so much with other projects. And also, it's just about time for uh, Batgirl. And I'm intrigued by the fact that the writer who this is where, you know, I don't watch as much movies and you guys know this about me, Um, but I try and keep up on some stuff. But I haven't seen Bad Boys for Life. I haven't seen Bumblebee. Okay, throw the cans, throw the tomatoes, I'm fine with it. Um but the uh screenwriter Christina Hodson has also worked on Birds of Prey and The Flash. So there's this part of me that's really intrigued by someone who's also really found a place in writing D C projects and what that's going to mean for Background, on top of, you know, the uh, Smash success you already pointed out from the directors that they've got on. Brad, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I have been able to see both Bad Boys for Life and Bumblebee. And one thing that those movies had in common was that they, for me at least, is that they were both better than I was expecting them to be when I went in. And I love the idea that teams from both of those films are going to be uh, kind of teaming up. So that could mean that as good as I think a bad girl film could be, this could be a whole other level of uh, a cool movie. And I love the idea of it just being on uh, HBO Max. I think that could give them uh, a lot of freedom. And with effects the way they are today, they might not need a huge, huge budget like they would have in the past. So maybe they can utilize that in a way to make it really um, budgetary, in a budgetary way, very smart. So, yeah, I'm very intrigued that 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 team, though, of uh, IDL, RB, Blau, Fala and Christina Hansen. Uh, I don't see how it could go wrong. So, yeah, this is another one that I'm I'm pretty excited for. What about you, Josh?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I also have not seen uh, Bad Boys uh, for Life. So, Seth, you're not uh, you're not alone there. But Bumblebee, I thought was was great. Uh, I was not a fan of most of those Transformers movies. So uh, other than the first one. So I really had low expectations for Bumblebee and I was very pleasantly surprised. And a lot of that was the writing from Christina Hodson. And I was a huge fan of Birds of Prey. Yeah, you know, I mean I don't think it should have been titled that, but I was a big fan of the movie itself. So <laughs> Yeah, I was too. Yeah, yeah. You know, so if if she's going to bring that kind of talent to this and to the upcoming Flash movie too, you know, I'm all for it. Um and and what I'm kind of hoping is that she maybe brings in some of her birds of prey characters into this Batgirl movie. You know, even if it's fun. just like, you know, maybe uh Batgirl runs into Black Canary or Huntress or something like that, you know, just, you know, out on the street. I, I think that would be fantastic and a good way to kind of tie things in and then maybe set up uh, a proper birds of prey movie, you know, that everybody had you know had wanted in the first place. So uh yeah, I'm 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 down for it. And I just I'm happy that uh they finally got you know, some directors locked in for this. Uh, Hopefully that, that kind of stays because, you know, it's Hollywood. Sometimes things just change. All right. So next up, uh, I'm sure you guys are going to be pretty excited about this one. Uh, We have the announcement of the next uh, animated film uh, coming out. I believe most likely this one will be coming out in 2022. Uh, It will be injustice. So uh, Seth, what are your thoughts on injustice animated film?
1: I think the movie is going to be brilliant. I have one issue with this article which said, well, you could draw from a lot of different sources. I was like, why would you draw from anything else but the comic story that went along with the game? I'm done. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> as I was reading the article, I was like, okay, I appreciate you don't want to bet it all on one, count the chickens before they're hatch, kind of a thing. But for anybody who's read that series, I mean, what, what else would you use as source material? for for one d c has demonstrated that uh, when it comes to their animated films, they're not afraid to get a little gory. This one could maybe take the cake as far as uh gory because it's it's pretty gruesome. Um, it's definitely gonna be for older audiences if they hew that closely and even if they don't, I mean it's just such a you know intense concept that yeah i think I think it's a brilliant maneuver. I mean, I think they've really entrenched the idea that they can put together some absolutely gorgeous animated works and they have this rich history and recent history of comic titles to draw from. This is a great move. It's an interesting kind of dark move, but I, I love the presentation of it. And I'm wondering if things like, you know... uh The uh, recent Red Sun and and others that show sort of a darker alternate possibility have had enough response that they know that they want to put this project out at this time. The timing's right. The audience is ready. Uh, I'm intrigued by those decisions and and how it plays into the movie we'll eventually see. Brad, what do you think?
2: Uh, A hill I will die on is that the Injustice comic is the best video game adaptation ever film movie whatever that's the best one uh so two things i would hope with this is that they go with an r rating like they did with killing joke and that they do use the tom king source material because it was so so good um and it's just amazing that such a great great uh, adaptation came from what is essentially uh, a, a silly fighting game based on Mortal Kombat. Um, so Tom King was really able to get into that core of what made Injustice work in this uh, in his version. So please, please, DC, if you are listening, stick with that source material. It will not steer you wrong. Uh, what about you, Josh?
0: Yeah, uh, I loved. Uh, I haven't read all the comics, but the ones that I've read, I've loved. I played the first game, and I had, and I I loved that. So I'm really excited to see uh, this movie. I, I'm always down when you get to uh, Superman as a bad guy. You know, it's always it's always fun. You know, that may sound weird, but it's always fun. Uh, and so <laughs> I think bringing this to the world of the animated films is perfect because they do they they go farther than they do in a lot of the live action movies uh they can do more with animation so uh i think this is the perfect way to go um also this wasn't announced with it but i'm pretty sure uh, i would i would bet money that the short film for this one is going to be the constantine short film because back in january they announced four short films that were upcoming commandy which uh came out with um uh, Justice Society World War II, uh, The Losers, which is coming out with Long Halloween Part One, Blue Beetle, which is coming out with Long Halloween Part Two, and then Constantine. And since this is the fourth film in that I kind of run, I, it's got to be the Constantine one. And that makes me even more excited because I love Constantine. So uh, getting a short film, I don't know what it's going to be, I don't know what they're going to do with it, but you give me all the Constantine. Uh, that I can get.
1: Ooh, so. Great detail, man. I love that to consider. Did yeah. not even have that on my radar, and now it's firmly there. Like.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It makes me even more excited for this release. So, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be that first quarter 2022 release. Usually they release one in like January or February, um, and so I feel like it's going to be that one where Injustice goes, because we still have um, both parts of Long Halloween to come this year and mm. that'll be four movies this year so usually that's where they that's their the cap that they do so and speaking of Long Halloween <laughs> our next story we're going to roll right in we got a trailer for Batman the Long Halloween part 2 uh Seth what did you think about this trailer
1: I thought it was great i mean it it was <laughs> it did everything you want a trailer to do. You know, the the idea behind the uh, the first part is the the build up the anticipation, you know, this new trailer is, is sort of showing you just how far things can go, the stakes involved. Um I thought the art was gorgeous. I thought, you know, all of this sort of I mean it was really that really quick editing style that just gave you those gorgeous snapshots of a lot of different moments that fans of the story are going to recall and probably get excited about seeing played out you know that as you mentioned so well on that last story they can get so much closer to the original material when it comes to animation the budget limitations simply aren't there it just requires that that artistic vision and they've really captured it this is a a great demonstration of all the things we can look forward to with something like the injustice movie that we were just talking about and uh, overall like if you're not excited after watching this it's okay but we should probably have someone check your pulse just just a thought brad how about you
2: yeah yeah i agree Uh, i i've purposely put off rereading um long halloween because i want to see the animated version before i do a reread so uh in a way, a lot of this felt fresh, but I, I I do agree that the art is gorgeous, and I still feel like it's got some surprises to hold. So I I like that I'm going into this um kind of needing a refresher because it's going to feel new to me, and I I I'm loving what I'm seeing from these trailers. I love all the characters we're getting. I love how dark it feels, and uh, it it seems like such an important story for the batman mythos that they really took that seriously when putting this together so yeah 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 this is one of those moments where again i'm gonna say i'm super excited
0: for this it's just a great time to be a dc fan uh what about you josh yeah, I have to echo both you guys. The artwork in this is fantastic. Um particularly the shots with Poison Ivy and she, where she's like kind of like shooting the vines around. I don't know what it is about it, but the the artwork in those scenes just kind of like it, it was something that stuck out to me and I really really loved it and I just I, I can't wait uh to see it. Um we don't actually know when it's going to come out though. I was on Wikipedia. I know it's, you know, Wikipedia probably not the best place to go, but I was on there looking up the short films, and the Blue Beetle short film is on here, sl- says it's slated for August 10th. I don't know who put this in there. I don't know where they got this information from, but the Blue Beetle short is on Part 2. So if this date is correct, then Hot Long Halloween Part 2 should be coming in, in early August. So we'll see if it actually uh, is accurate. But uh, I'm I'm really excited. I love that they're doing these two-parters more. Um, You know, they started with uh, the Dark Knight Returns. um, Then they did uh, the Superman, the Death of Superman, Return of Superman. Then they did uh, I think they did another one. Now I'm blanking on what it is. But uh, I really like the the two-parters because they can really kind of branch out more and extend the story. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. So. But that's not the only trailer we got from this week. We also saw uh, the, the full trailer for Sweet Tooth, the upcoming uh, Netflix film set. I know you've been reading uh, the Sweet Tooth The Return comic. Uh, how did you feel about the trailer for this? So what I love
1: about it is it, it gives me that feeling that Sweet Tooth The Returns is echoing. Because it takes place after this original story is told. And then it, it it does this like really great feeling of uh, nostalgia for the past, but also a, a mystery involved because there's missing pieces of that nostalgia. And, and with it, there's also these like fears. So I only know that much of this story. But watching this story in these uh, videos, I watched this like on Monday, I think I remember I was just I remember wanting to show my wife the earlier clip that I'd seen for uh, Sweet Tooth. And then I saw this new one and I was like, Hey, babe, take a look. Like, let's, let's, you know, watch this. And uh, she got a kick out of just <laughs> all the stuff that she had no idea about. She didn't know what I was throwing her into. And I, I really loved watching it. So watching it again uh, for this discussion was really just a lot of fun to recognize certain parts that really stuck out to me. Uh, a lot of the ideas that are, are being expressed with this change, uh, this outbreak that feels so similar to what we just went through, which is, I, I love those feelings of it. And then these possible unknowns with uh, a new a new group to consider, like a whole new perspective on life with the idea of the hybrids, the, the love and the fear it creates, the relationships. And also, I love that, you know, through this, you're going to, you know, meet some interesting characters who they haven't always done the best, but then they've got this kid, and, and I, I love the way they described him, uh, you know, Gus, said, that kid's got hope <laughs> coming out of every pore. Like, it, it was it was a really lovely setup, and um, man, I, I feel like there's a lot of heart from Robert Downey Jr. behind this, and everything I heard in that conversation with him and his wife, now to this feature uh, little video that we got the chance to see, it, it just feels like this is one of those, you know, love projects where you're like, yeah. Probably at the end of it, there's going to be some tear sheds. There's going to be like all this stuff. And also just huge kudos to the fact that this was all done after it was just announced back last year, like May or something, I think they said. So uh, pretty amazing. Pretty amazing to see what they've got here. And it looks like it's going to be a tearjerker. Bring your hankies. Just fair warning. How about you, Brad?
2: Yeah, I'm just amazed that I did not know this was happening at all until that kind of teaser trailer dropped a few weeks ago um i don't know if it's something that we mentioned and in, in, uh it just kind of left my mind in all the pandemic talk and distribution talk that we did last year because apparently it was announced last year um but i i really do love that Robert Downey Jr. seems really invested and really seems to know the heart of the story. And he's really put a lot into it. And I think that that's going to, to show on the screen. Uh, I, I think he really gets the story that Jeff Lemire was trying to tell in, in the comic. And uh, he, even though he, he has said that it's going to be kind of something that you can watch with your family... So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, that those kind of compromises because, you know, the original story was uh, kind of dark. But, you know, with this full trailer, we're getting a better sense of kind of the aesthetic and I'm I'm really liking it. Uh, And I I love that um, we only have to wait until June 4th to get to get this. So this is yet another thing that I'm I'm really, uh, really excited about. Uh, What about you, Josh?
0: Yeah, I, I'm actually pretty excited for it. I never read Sweet Tooth, so I don't really know uh, a ton about it, but the trailer looked fantastic to me. Uh, I, I love the idea of the story, and uh, we got what looks to be a serious Will Forte in this movie, and I'm down for that. Uh, I love Will Forte, and I hope, that, uh, I hope to see him do some serious acting in this one, but I, I'm really interested in it. Um, I mean, everything that, uh, you know, reading Seth's reviews for Sweet Tooth the Return, uh, it makes me really intrigued uh, to pick up the original series. And uh, I think I might watch the, the movie first. That way it doesn't kind of taint that for me. That way I do that with books. You know, if, uh, if I haven't read the book and the movie's coming out, I'll watch the movie first. That way I can go back and read the book. Because if the book is better, then it's not tainting the movie for me so uh, but yeah i'm also glad it's less than 2 weeks away and we get to see this movie so uh, it's going to be it looks really good and i'm really excited for it so all right next up we got some news in the world of Matt Reeves The Batman they uh, some promo images have been released particularly one for the riddler that i'd like to talk a little bit about uh and this image is drawing some comparisons to the likes of the Zodiac Killer, Dr. Doom, and even the Gimp from Pulp Fiction. So, Seth, what did you think about this uh, first promo image of the Riddler? It's
1: terrifying. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's just that sort of haunting feeling to it. And yes, if if you remember the Gimp, if you remember that first moment when Pulp Fiction just sort of brought this character on and you went, Oh, 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 God oh, oh, sweet, oh, sweet powers that be. Oh, please, like, please tell me that there's (laughs) what's happening now. You know what I mean? Like he was just so ominous and that 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 sort of feeling that a presence provides. Now, add that with this mysterious persona that that tells riddles. And in this picture appears to have the uh, the mouth flap like interestingly enough, sealed up in some way, but with some small punch holes in it. And yet, also, the the rest of the face is obscured in the mask, but there's glasses still. So these interesting aesthetic choices that I, I got a kick out of the article that uh, went along with this, it, it does make some great comparisons to some figures from history. Yes, the Zodiac Killer, I can definitely see it. The, the Doom thing... It, it's a little tough because it's really clear to see that this is a material that's a little more breathable than, say, the, the metal that Doom is known for. Um, but <laughs> just in the way that it feels um, oh, constructed in a way that's much more about the um, purpose behind it than it is about any sort of, like, comfort or appearance to the eye that would be pleasing, it feels very jagged. And um, I think in that way, it starts off being jarring just by that feeling of like, oh, my goodness, did you just put that together? No, but you didn't do it like with craft. And, and, and if you did, this was intentional. And my God, your own mask is a riddle. What is this? Brad, what do you think?
2: Yeah, you know, you can talk about the GIMP and you can talk about Dr. Doom. That's fine. But to me, the one that's fascinating is the Zodiac Killer, because if you look at. Um, The picture in the article of that tweet, like that picture comparing the two, the Zodiac Killer and Riddler, that is definitely intentional because you got the like the green circle that almost looks like a crosshair and you got the circle almost looks like a crosshair in the Zodiac Killer uh, drawing. So that's definitely on purpose. So that makes me really intrigued to go and. Uh, refresh my memory on the Zodiac Killer because I, you know, uh, that's definitely going to be an influence on this this Riddler. This is going to be a Riddler that we have definitely not seen before. Uh, man, I, I am absolutely fascinated by what this movie is going to be, and um, it's also intriguing too that the Zodiac Killer was never caught. So. That's something to consider when we're talking about this Riddler and how smart he is. So, oh yeah, oh
0: this brings up so many questions and possibilities. Uh, what about you, Josh? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I agree with, with all the things that you guys are over here talking about. Uh, and also in that picture, uh, that the drawing of the Zodiac, it looks like th- there's glasses on the Zodiac killer. You know, so like it's, it even has that level of similarity to it with this promo picture um i don't know if they just whoever drew it drew it that way but that literally looks like these wearing glasses in in that in that drawing um, and i love the like the crosshair symbol with the question mark in it I, yeah it's definitely um uh, a huge inspiration coming from the zodiac killer and i think that this is really i mean i know they talk a little bit about it but this to me proves that Matt Reeves is really taking this in a horror thriller kind of kind of kind of take, you know, for this upcoming movie. And I love that. You know, I I think that's that's fantastic. Uh, It it seems whether it's true or not, it seems that they're going to be kind of framing the Riddler as a serial killer. And I am totally down for that. I think it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait to see this movie uh, when it finally does come out. Uh, okay, so we have one final story in the world of movie news. Uh, Aquaman 2 will start its filming this July, according to uh, Jason Momoa. Uh, he was uh, being interviewed and said uh, – he he was quoted saying, uh, so it's exciting for me and I'm excited to go over there. I leave in July and we start filming, so – Filming in July, not too far away. Movie doesn't come out until December of 2022, so they got plenty of time to film. Uh, So, Seth, what are your thoughts on uh, this July filming date?
1: Uh, So, first thought, I didn't tell you that my neighbors are having some kind of fun backyard party, and every once in a while there's been some drumming. And I'm wearing (laughs) headphones, so I don't know when that drumming's coming on. So, if you hear drumming in the background... I, yeah, I it'll don't. be some nice ambiance. Yeah, yeah, there's a cool little feel to it. Plus, mm-hmm. it feels like someone knows and someone's learning, or they're just jamming, because it's really interesting the patterns and rhythms. So, just working along with that, feel like it might be, you know, a mildly applicable uh, island type approach as I enter into the discussion about Aquaman too. Um, I think it's great that he's so excited. I love the fact that he he's like, yeah, I wrote stuff. I wrote stuff and I pitched stuff. I worked with the writer, um, my writing partner. We sat down. We hammered these ideas out. We came to them. They brought in stuff. And that investment is great because it, it reminds me of the thing we're always talking about with guys like Dwayne Johnson, where it's like he signed on how long ago and he's been invested in it up until this point. I almost feel like, you know, there's a big challenge when you're, you're putting that much into it. People expect more out of it. And then I also feel like that's a great standard to set the idea of this is how much I care because of how much I'm investing personally, even into the pre-production parts. So uh, happy to hear that they're getting this started. Love the fact that they're feeling like between this and stuff that was said by Dolph Lundgren and others. And also recently, Amber heard like taking advantage of the fact that she has all that great content from the first time she's been resharing. That, that feeling that, yeah, this is getting started, and as you mentioned just from that article, Josh, you know, I'm heading out in July. like <laughs> you know, Well, when somebody states it in that way, you just got to kind of smile and go, all right, I'm pretty sure it's happening, barring any unexpected, you know, unforeseen. It's a great feeling to know that more and more projects that we know had to kind of hit the pause button are now surging ahead, and boy, I wonder what the next announcement is going to be. What would you think, Brett
2: yeah, I, I love how the you know everybody seems to be on the same page and really excited that uh, you know Jason Momoa and his writing partner were able to actually get some ideas in and you know it wasn't something that kind of flew in the face of what um, you know James was trying to do. So yeah, I, I just love that there's there appears to be some synergy. Unless Jason Momoa is just trying to put that public face forward but he doesn't seem like the type that would do that so i, I just i i love kind of the energy surrounding this already so yeah it's going to be fun to watch this come together and I, i'm sure we're going to have so much to talk about as production on this winds up on you know on future episodes so yeah bring it on
0: uh what about you josh yeah i'm i'm pumped for this i i love the first aquaman movie and uh I, ever since it was announced that it was going to happen, I felt like we weren't getting a lot of news about it, you know. Uh, so it kind of made me wonder if it was gonna actually happen because a lot of things were kind of up in the air with with Warner Brothers and everything. Um, and then you know with the trench getting uh, canceled and everything, it really had me kind of nervous about what was actually going to happen with this movie. So it's nice to hear. That they are actually getting ready to start filming. It's going to start in July, and we're going to get this movie, uh, hopefully, actually, you know, in December uh, of 2022, if not a little earlier. That would be nice. All right, folks. Well, that's it for movie news. Uh, And before we get into TV and streaming, uh, we're going to take a little break to let you know about all the other shows right here on DC Comics News. Stay tuned. Hey there, DC fans! This is Josh Rayner, editor in chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien, everything out there in the world you can you can find. You got books, collectibles. Uh, pop-up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items. And right now, you can get 35% off site-wide by using the code DCNEWS35. That's D-C-N-E-W-S-3-5. DCNEWS35. Use that code and receive 35% off site-wide at insighteditions.com.
3: This is Seth Singleton from DC Comics News, here to tell you about The Spinner Rack. Each and every week, DC Comics publishes so many great books, it can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money. And that's where The Spinner Rack comes in. The Spinner Rack is my honest attempt to rate, review, score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week. How can you listen? It's easy. All you have to do is go to your favorite platform, subscribe to DC Comics News Podcasts, and wait for the new episode to load up. Join me each and every week as I sift through the best from DC Comics and pick my top five books. Can't wait to share them with you and to hear your scores when you share them with us. Right here on the DC Comics News Podcast.
1: Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher.
4: First, there was the DC Comics News podcast. Then came the Spitter Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the Knight. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the night.
3: Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Madbuck a Harley Quinn cast. Three, two, one.
1: Harley Quinn?
0: Harley fucking Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat Shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, gogur.
5: And we've gone completely off
2: the rails. I hear the bat signal.
5: Shut up the battle me, I definitely do not in need of an adult-sized nemesis.
2: Humans make good fertilizer.
5: You can't f with Lois Lane. For f sake. I'm a damn good cop. A lot of lasers.
0: Hmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love: the Harley Quinn Cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth.
3: So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. F***ers. Picture this. Someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. The complete ultra-comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans, superheroes or
5: dummies.
3: Part of the Comics in Motion podcast network.
5: What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News.
4: I am Tony Hasty for this show.
5: And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC universe.
4: We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Your discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot.
5: Yes. Yeah. And possibly maybe by episode 5 getting to our 100th <laughs> joke. <laughs> Here's <Monday>. hoping. <laughs>
4: We're gonna have guests on this show. We're gonna be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish this sentence. <laughs> off, the t- off the cuff, let's go. Off the cuff, off the cuff. Anything you off, want, off anything you cuff.
5: want. Scooby Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's that is what this whole show is about.
4: That's what the show is about. We're gonna That's be talking the- about we're gonna be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bat? Go.
5: No, no one had to see more of the bat.
4: No, I didn't
5: Goobie want it. God damn it. Look, all right. We're going gonna- to. Gooby Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you are a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo.
4: Drink recipes, content creation, reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes.
5: Yes. And a Santa, uh, an un- unseasonable Santa hat. Except it's season, whatever. Check us out.
4: <laughs> Not getting rid of the Santa hat. Available exclusively
0: on YouTube. And we're back. That's right. I hope you guys enjoyed all those ads for all those amazing shows. Uh, one day we're gonna get an ad for Folicky Fashions. It's gonna happen. <laughs> Ain't that right? Hell yeah. 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 (laughs) All
1: right. You know what? I will be doing whatever I can to promote Flicky Fashion. I will dress up in DC fashion attire. I'll have Brad design me a, uh, you know, Flicky Fashion's authentic costume for certain characters. I'll cosplay the hell out of this to promote it. Like, seriously, I might jump from a roof. I'm not guaranteeing anything. There could be a Green Lantern Alan Scott uniform on, but yeah, baby, this is this
0: is gonna happen. Right. Oh yeah.
2: Give us oh, some yeah. time, guys. It's coming.
0: We at DC Comics Do News do not condone jumping off of roofs, just to be clear.
1: We we do not. But you know what? I feel like this is kind of like Brad Felicky's like response to Dwayne Johnson on Black Adam. You know what I mean? He's like yeah. It's coming. I said it's coming. A decade
2: later. Here it is, episode one.
0: And it's going to be awesome. Yes, (laughs) it will. We'll do a 24 hour live stream, all flicky fashions. It'll be fantastic. All right. (laughs) So, our first story in uh, TV and streaming news uh, we have the announcement of a new Batman animated series, Batman Caped Crusader. Coming soon to HBO Max and Cartoon Network. Seth, what are your thoughts on this?
1: Um, you had me at Bruce Tim, executive producing. You had me drooling at J.J. Abrams and Matt Reeves being a part yes. of it. And and then after a while, it you know, it, <laughs> it's no longer PG. No, I'm kidding. Uh, this was really an awesome announcement. I, I love the collaboration and I love the pitch. You know, the statement saying. This is going to be thrilling, cinematic, evocative of Batman's noir roots, diving deeper into the psychology. Those were all the elements that made Batman the Animated Series so phenomenal. It was willing to touch on the psychology, the emotion, all the depths and layers. Like it it wasn't afraid of telling a deep story. I, I mean, imagine all of the experience that's been gained by Bruce Timm during that time and what he's going to use in collaboration with great masters like Abrams and Reeves. And, and then putting that that wonderful noir touch onto a new series like this and it i mean the the enthusiasm coming out of the statements is huge and i also love the fact that you know they're working with everybody like cartoon networks involved in this man that's a <laughs> that's a good partnership Brad, what do you think
2: uh, i I mean my god uh Bruce Tim JJ abrams and matt Reeves are you kidding me Uh, I mean, this is, uh, it's almost impossible for this to be bad. I mean, I I can't wait. And the look of, you know, that little teaser poster is really cool, too. It looks kind of like Art Deco uh, and kind of inspired by the costume of the original, you know, 1938 Batman. Uh, It just looks really, uh, really cool. And it's also, in a way, gets me... Even more intrigued for the Matt Reeves movie, because a lot of times when they announce these animated series that come out, you know, right after um, movies do the those series are very kind of influenced by the aesthetic of those films, even if they're not necessarily in the same universe, per se, but they're universe adjacent. Like I, the, the Batman animated series was definitely influenced in a big way by Tim Burton's aesthetic for the 1989 Batman movie. So, you know, it, it just, again, I just want, you know, I, the story that we're going to get bat Reeves Batman is going to be, uh, uh, very cool. And it seems very, um, you know, really, really influenced by the original idea of, of the Batman. And I think that we're going to get the same thing with this, Animated series, and I think that, I mean, it has all the makings for an instant classic if it's done well. So, man, I I I can't wait, and I I just can't wait also to hear what um, Steve J Ray has to say about it. So yeah, oh man, this is gonna be this is gonna be a good one. Uh, what about you, Josh?
0: Yeah, I I'm pumped for this. uh Batman the animated series is you know my favorite animated show. So uh, when I heard that you know a new Batman uh, series from from Bruce Tim was coming, I was I was stoked about that. And the the poster that they put out for it, very much reminiscent of Batman the animated series, uh, the the style, the art style, the uh, lettering style that they used for it. So uh, I, I I don't know if it's gonna tie in in any way. But uh, no matter what, I'm here for it. I think uh, it it's, looks like it's going to be fantastic. And speaking of animated shows, we have another animated series coming to HBO Max, and that is My Adventures with Superman. Uh, this one, definitely a different vibe, different uh, style than the Batman one that we just talked about. So, uh, Seth, what are your uh, thoughts on the first look here at this My Adventures with Superman animated series?
1: I, I think it's a really smart idea to go back to those things that really make the relationship between Clark, Lois and Jimmy uh, <laughs> so amazing. I mean, it's great when you're reading comics and they can reference all of these moments. But it's also great for new generations coming on to get a sense of what it is that all three of them had before eventually – secrets and everything else were revealed and and everything they had had up until that point was made stronger and the early days is a great place to tell this story and and sort of show you know it's it's one of those great reminders when you see like a, you hear about a couple that's been together for a really long time and then you see like a, a telling of the first days when they met this opportunity to not only show their early romance between Clark and Lois but Also, what it means to be friends with Jimmy, who can be adorable and many other things as well. (laughs) And I I think it's going to make him as as lovable as he's been to fans of of the comics. But I also think it's just a great opportunity to capitalize on the fact that. The recent uh, Lois and Superman show has been hands down one of the most gorgeous things I've been lucky enough to see recently. I mean. We're going to talk more about, you know, that show in a bit. But this feeling of recognition that you can tell great new takes on Superman and and bring a lot of the heart and warmth behind this like godlike figure. Um, It's it's so rich. And this is just another example of going, hey, let us show you something. You might have seen it done other ways, but but here's another way of looking at it. And we think it's going to remind you of all the things you love, and show you new reasons why you can fall in love again. I mean, you ever been in love? <laughs> it's a great feeling to fall back in or to reignite, and um, I'm, I'm happy to say my love affair with Superman and Lois and Jimmy is strong and growing stronger. How about you, Brad?
2: I, I think one of the things that makes some of these DC characters – so iconic and so much a part of our culture is their supporting cast Uh, and goes with batman and it goes with superman with characters like jimmy olsen and i think this is a cool idea kind of viewing um the metropolis through the eyes of jimmy as he gets mentored by lois and clark starts to build his identity i think it's a a cool place to put Jimmy into the overall story and in the time frame of Clark and Lois's relationship and the development of the you know the Superman persona. So this could this is another one that kind of has potential to uh, to be a lot of fun and maybe at certain points it could um, it could deal with some kind of important issues. You know you could have you know in a very special episode kind of deal. Um, with these stories so yeah this could be this could be another
0: um kind of cool uh, animated series uh, what about you josh yeah i'm actually really excited for this and it and it it makes me feel like i'm living back in the 90s again because like we got a Batman animated series coming, a Superman animated series coming. Makes me uh, real nostalgic for those days, you know, <laughs> sitting at home on Saturday morning watching watching some of my favorite shows. So I'm really excited for it. I actually uh, I actually really like the animation style. I, I, you know, I know some people not the biggest fan of it, but I really I really like it. And uh, as long as the stories are good, that's what that's what really matters. You know, I can overlook art a lot of the times if the story is exceptional and so we'll see how it all turns out but uh, no matter what i'm i'll be checking it out and uh, i'm excited to to see where they go with all of this um uh so uh, we have something uh, interesting right now uh something that doesn't typically happen on this show we uh, you know we're recording and uh, a new story comes through that we didn't have on the docket uh, and I thought it was something that uh, we should definitely talk about. It's gonna take us back into the world of movies for for uh, a few minutes but the rock has uh dropped a teaser picture for his look as Black Adam uh, and I wanted to get your guys quick thoughts on uh, this it's a it's a black and white kind of silhouette type shot of him in the in the like tattered robe uh, of, uh, you know as Black Adam so uh, Seth, what did you think about this teaser picture?
1: Okay, for starters, I had this whole thing I was gonna go on after you finished, just before we moved on to our next original story, and it was gonna be like, oh yeah, and you know, Invincible, and reading the Jimmy Olsen 12 uh, issue maxi, and blah blah blah. And then you dropped this story in our laps, like blasted it right in there, and I was like, seriously, like <laughs> all of those, all of those, you know, set gone. Because immediately when I saw this picture, the first thing I thought of was, you know, there there's a moment before he gets his powers. And there's also a powerful moment I'm reminded of from the uh, 52 series. And this reminds me of that that hunger, that that desire to I mean, and the, the the tweet that goes with it. You know, if you know his story, he's a champion. I mean, you know, it's it's really well done and there's there's something amazing about capturing that haggard um struggling always fighting uh, figure with this black and white it's it's amazing um <laughs> as i'm checking it out i'm able to zoom in on the details and there's also something intriguing about the uh the footwear um you know it it's interesting for me in that at first i had a feeling that i was like oh is just like, you know, um, something that is more for travel. And when I zoomed in and took a look at the boots, they feel uh, very much like they're designed for battle. So there, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on just from the, the shadowy silhouette, the, you know, the, the play of, of light and shadow on this image. But then zooming in on it and going and there's something else going on with the feet and what could be sandals, what could be more. Uh there there's a lot to uh wanna put into this picture and that's the kind of fun about the the shadows and the light. Great great breaking news, man. Brad, what'd you think?
2: Yeah, this it's kind of um, sinister. It it um yeah, it's it's almost creepy. Uh and it also kinda of, there's something about it that first my first impression was like a boxer with like his hood up before he's goes into the ring, like he's getting ready to fight. That's kind of what popped into my head when I saw this, uh, the first time, uh, you know, um, and Black Adam is overall a villain, but we know that Dwayne Johnson is going to play him as more of an antihero. So, how long is the film going to go before he kind of gets the hero and not the villain? So this this image is definitely seems more on on the villain side.
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, very interesting. Uh, what about you, Josh? Yeah, I uh, echoing everything you guys said. Uh, I love the look of this and it's very simple. You know, it's not like we're getting a whole lot out of it, but just it, it's it's very it's it's ominous you know and I kind of love that about it and I I love what he put with uh because I think this was on his Instagram so like the the message that he put with it uh I loved as well and there was a little bit at the bottom that I wanted to read and it kind of ties in to what you were just saying Brad about uh you know how long will it be till you know he it, it moves toward being a hero um he put in this uh in this instagram post black adams mythology ethics and actions no doubt will create a new paradigm in the world of superheroes villains and antiheroes. the power will shift the lines will blur from a slave to a god and i thought that was fantastic and i thought it, it, it really yeah you know we're, we're talking about you know how long will it be before he goes from a villain to a hero but i don't think we're really going to see that i think it's like he says here those lines are just going to blur we're not going to really know what what to consider him. And I like that. I like that a lot. So, I don't know what you guys thought about that, but uh No, I, I great moral
1: really... ambiguity. I think yeah. that's the biggest thing that he can bring into this conversation is, you know, Black Adam was was a villain for the longest time, but the more that storytellers have dug in, the writers have sort of said, but what else could there be? You know, even when it came to getting his powers, depending on the version, that process was corrupted. He was slighted, you know, and then from that came all these other possibilities. So I think you can draw from so many great pieces and tell a story about someone who believed in something and was wronged in the process. And it's going to warp where their values are going to fall compared to, you know, if you're raised on a farm and you kind of understand life just based on what nature shows you and great instruction from a caring set of parents that it's going to be very cut and dry. When you experience the things he did from, you know, the suffering to what it means to to be a slave, to be beholden, and and also to want to rise above that and the willingness to do kind of what you need to do compared to what you want to do or what others are going to say is right or wrong. Uh, Once you're no longer adhering to that moral compass, I think you get into a really interesting place. And the potential to tell that kind of hero story, anti-hero story, champion story, as he describes it, like you could really create a whole other niche where other characters can have an opportunity to be part of the universe because of what Black Adam's going to open up for them. Rant done. Swear to God.
2: I think that if you're if you're going to go with the you know this moral ambiguity for a big part of the film, that's going to be really challenging for The Rock. Because this is a guy that right now, so many people want him to run for president. I mean, in his show, Young Rock, he is running for president. So you see him, and you automatically think of the kind of the epitome of the American hero. You know, so to be able to kind of twist those expectations that a lot of the audience is going to have when they sit down to watch this movie, that's going to be. That's going to be a challenge for him, and that's going to be kind of fun, I think, for us to watch. Uh,
0: So, yeah, 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 that should be cool. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we're going to hop back into the TV and streaming news. We're uh, boom-tubing right back in, and this time we're moving into some live-action stuff with The Flash. Uh, We got our very first look at Impulse. And uh, I need to I need to hear your guys' thoughts on this. It's uh, you know it's obviously a uh, a take on a classic image of uh, this character, but I really want to hear what you guys have to say. Seth, what do you think of this first look image of Impulse from the Flash?
1: So it's pretty good, but I actually first got a, a close up glimpse of this one on uh, who is it? DC TV Flash United, who had shared us images with us when it was uh, on set with yeah. uh, Impulse and Excess, uh, And after that thing, I started following them and they have some hilarious stuff. Like even one they had where they had the Godspeeds, the, the many different versions, yeah. after they were done shooting, they were like dancing past the cameras <laughs> and like being all kind of goofy and silly. And I was like, oh man, I'm gonna follow these guys. And it popped up, I think sometime yesterday, a picture of the actor in the costume snapping a shot of himself in the mirror with like it, it's pretty it's just it's pretty amazing like when i saw i was like wait this is even better than the one that we got before and then to see the uh this new image this this really great sort of poster uh style to it you know with all the the lightning behind him um like i told brett there's only one thing i'm missing from this why are his feet and hands normal sized because anyone who watches or read the Impulse comics knows that was, like, his thing. Like, the feet just kept getting bigger and bigger. And <laughs> <laughs> between that, the hands, and the hair. Like, those were the three things where you're we just like, does it, like, seriously? He's going to turn into Sonic the Hedgehog in just a few minutes. Like, like let's be aware of some stuff here. But uh, this is a gorgeous costume. And I love the possibility of what, what we can see. Because, man, Impulse, he, he changed comics when he showed up. Uh, I I love seeing him recently in uh, in the animated projects that he popped up in. So getting him live action is huge. And I think it's going to be also interesting because the recent storyline they've been dealing with with the different forces and also, you know, the fact that this is going to hop on the uh, I think it's going to be the 150th episode. Am I correct on that? Yes. Okay, so I I love that they're going to take advantage of that and, and have some fun with also this, this idea of family, you know, and how different family can look based on, you know, who it involves and how it's created. And the, the, this is really rich, but just more than anything, impulse in costume. And it's a good looking costume. I love this picture. Brad, what'd you think?
2: Uh, 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 you know, well, when I first saw the picture, I immediately thought of you, Seth, and you know, when we got like that tiny glimpse that we talked about a few weeks ago, we talked about the big hands and big feet. So that's the first thing I noticed was nope, no big hands, no big feet. (laughs) Um uh, I do
1: now
2: I'm torn because I like the design of the costume. I think that you know, I think it looks it's it's a nice throwback to the comics. But there is something about this image um the, the pose the kind of smile on I, I i don't know but it just feels kind of corny to me it's just I just don't know um but I have nothing I have nothing against you know the design of the costume or, or the actor or anything like that but just there's something about this image that just I don't know it, it just I, I I think it's the pose of the character that
0: strikes me as kind of corny I don't know oh, what about you Josh Thank you, Brad, because I really thought I was going to be alone on this. I I do not like this image. I love the look of the costume. And the background is really cool. But that pose looks like it's the worst looking pose I've ever seen. And I get what they're going for. It's that, that classic image of Impulse running in this exact pose. But it just doesn't work in live action for me. I just I, it, it looks so fake and uh, I think corny is a perfect word for it. Yeah, uh, I'm I hope that they, uh, I, you know, obviously it's just a promo f- picture. Um, hopefully he doesn't look like that when he runs. That would be very disappointing. But uh, I mean, I, I hope he does good the in the show.
1: One. What, what was that? Do you remember when they first put out promo art for the Thor movie and it was like everybody was smiling? It was like Odin and everyone had the long flowing hair. And I just remember someone posted one of the first uh, photos, like images of it. And it was like, this doesn't bode well. Something about this. And it was just the way that they stylized it. Because, yeah, as I'm listening to you guys talk about it and I'm flipping back and forth between the shot of him in front of the mirror, the mirror selfie looks so much cooler. Like ten times cooler. It just feels natural and... Uh, It seems like something Impulse would do, like, dude, I look good. I'm going to take a picture. Like, there's just something, whereas this feels, as you both said, it feels corny, it feels forced, and he doesn't look like he's naturally doing anything, because, I mean, it kind of looks like his head got photoshopped onto an image, and not well, Um, so. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, again, hopefully it, it, uh, it looks better on the actual show, but. We'll see how it all turns out. Uh, so uh, the cast of Titans season three released a video uh, recently to let the fans know that new episodes will be coming to HBO Max in August of this year. Uh, we I feel like we haven't heard anything about Titans. Uh, pretty much like you know they had they talked about it during Fandom last year. I remember. Uh, them saying that filming had ended recently or you know, not that long ago, and that's it. That's like really, that's all that you hear about it, but it's coming in August, which is not that far away. Uh, no exact date yet, but uh, I'm pumped for that. uh Seth, what are your thoughts on an August release for Titans season three? Um,
1: there's it's gonna be cooling off, so isn't it great the TV's gonna be getting hot i I don't know hey. uh, <laughs> I think overall, I I love seeing the personalities of the actors, you know, kind of behind the scenes. Like, honestly, I don't think I've seen Brandon Dwight wear that much clothing, um, (laughs) (laughs) except for in this video. Uh, (laughs) And I I love just the the enthusiasm they're offering. Like, hey, quick reminder, if you, you know, didn't forget. Plus, I think Anna Diop kind of steals the show with the kitten. Like, I don't know if that's fair to everybody else to be holding the kitten while talking to the camera and just making us think like, wow, that's adorable. Who cares about anybody else? When we going to see more of the kitten, just kind of scratching and playing around. August is a perfect time. I I think it's a great way to end the summer. And I I think all the stuff that we can look forward to already coming our way, like in June, you know, I think it's going to be fun to suddenly be like, hey, guys, we're recording in July. And oh, man. Hey, like. Titans season three is coming up. You guys ready? And we're gonna be so busy recovering from the other great stuff that's coming out. That that's a that's a good problem to have, right? What
2: do you think, Brad? Yeah, I you know, COVID left Titans really up in the air. I think they you know, it, it it gave us a lot of delays on getting the third season together. And Titans stories are fun because it's always cool casting news or, uh, you know, characters that they're going to have in and things like that, the images here and there, character designs, and it always kind of, you know, how are they going to weave these characters into this whole story? And it, it got frustrating because we had no idea when we were going to get to see season three. So the fact that we we know we're going to get it um, even on the sooner side rather than later is is great. We'll see this before the end of the summer so yeah that's that's great news oh what about you josh
0: yeah i'm i love uh titan seasons one and two and so i'm super excited that it's finally going to be coming i mean a lot of these what you know what were originally dc universe shows have been it, we have not really had a lot of news about them you know uh you know it's been a while since we've gotten seasons of titans of you know doom patrol uh young justice even um, so to know that they're finally going to start coming back out uh, on HBO Max is super exciting because you get Titans. Next will probably be uh, Doom Patrol, Young Justice down the line, uh, Harley Quinn season three. So uh, I'm excited for all of it. And I like I like that little video. I thought it was really cool. Just showing off the the cast is huge, man. There's so many characters. In this, uh, you know, new characters, old characters, and I, I can't wait to see uh, where they go uh, with this story. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty pumped for it. All right, our next uh, story. Uh, so okay, so this one I want to preface. It isn't a confirmed story. It is just a report. So it, you know, this may not happen, but it's something that I wanted to talk about uh, and get your guys' thoughts on. Uh, it's being reported that Jeremy Irvine is in talks to uh, join the Green Lantern series as Alan Scott. Uh, So, Seth, what are your thoughts on uh, one on Jeremy Irvine uh, as an Alan Scott and Alan Scott in general being in this Green Lantern series?
1: So I mentally applied the uh, mask to his face in this picture that goes with the article And I think it's a fit. I don't know anything else about the guy except for, you know, what I was able to read in the article about his uh, film history. I didn't see War Horse Um, because it's a horse in a war situation. My (laughs) wife would never allow us to see that. Um, She was so like so angry when Jeff Bridges redid the, uh, uh, the old John Wayne one and they shoot the horse. And she was just like, I can't. That like she was yeah she was so angry I mean so unbelievably angry so I have to be very cautious like even with Snyder Cut when you know uh what's his name shows up and just starts smashing around the horses in Themyscira she was like come are you kidding me there was some swearing involved with that too but uh so I haven't seen the other stuff I didn't see Mama Mia Professor Madman and I remember hearing about Treadstone, but I didn't. Is it still an ongoing series? Was it on that long? I didn't. I missed it. So for me, yeah, I remember
0: hearing about it too. I don't know if it is continuing or not, but yeah, I think it it was just a miniseries. It happened. Uh, Yeah, I think it was like six
1: episodes. All right. So with all of that in mind, I I think one of the fun things is that he's to me uh, a new face and a new fresh approach that I haven't seen in anything else. So I'd be curious to see just based on what I thought was a mask working, uh, seeing him play Alan Scott, I think the one thing that, that kind of caught my attention about the story is that the talks are apparently only for one year, whereas the story we were talking about recently about Finn Whitrock becoming Guy Gardner was supposed to be for a longer period of time. And it, it makes me wonder what that might mean for the idea that's suggested in the article about him only being on for the first season, but also if that could potentially mean that um, that would open up casting to have someone else play Alan Scott if we end up getting a uh, a version of the JSA that includes him, as we've had hinted at the Black Adam movie sort of opening us up to. So I was just kind of wondering what you guys thought uh, about that part, or if it just means that they could also do some interesting casting choices for the Green Lantern series if it continues and they, they tell another Alan Scott story. So. Um, that was probably the the biggest thing that caught my attention, other than the fact that, yeah, this is one of those stories we're talking about something that hasn't actually happened, could happen, is in talks to happen, but hasn't really been finalized. So uh, a lot of variables when you're talking about it, uncertainty. What did you think that
2: Yeah, that's that's kind of what jumped out at me, too, Is is why was it only for one year? Is it… Is it something story-driven, or is it something more inside baseball with contracts and obligations and things like that? Um, because we talked a lot on this show, both all the possibilities that could happen in the Green Lantern series and how much we all like uh, M. Scott. So I would hope that we could get to see him for more than one season so yes yeah, that that's interesting that you know maybe he could be recast in some way um so you know as far as the character goes i hope that he's ever doing this contract this, or writing the story is at least willing to reconsider what they do with the character i hope that you know I, I hope we do get to see a lot of of adam scott in the series uh what about you
0: josh uh i love the the idea of adding alan scott to this series um i'll be honest i kind of wanted somebody a little older for this uh mainly because i kind of want his kids to to be around you know uh, (laughs) in some way or or shape or form in this you know jade and obsidian would be something i would love to see pop in here mainly because i want to see kyle rayner you know so him and jade kind of linked there at, at points so uh I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he'll he'll probably do fine. He does have the look of a young Alan Scott. Um but again again I was I was hoping for somebody was just a little bit older. But I just
2: I realized know. I called him Adam Scott for that whole story. i Oh, I'm did like you? Adam Scott. Yes.
0: <laughs> sorry guys. That was a total slip. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh I mean, I do
0: love Adam Scott. He's pretty cool too.
2: Yeah, but <laughs> you know, Josh, I think that's a great that's a great um That's a great point with bringing up that we could be dealing with his children, and maybe that's why he's in only one season, because maybe a lot of the future of the series will focus on them. So, yeah, it's a very – that gets me very excited about possibilities, too.
0: Yeah, because wasn't there rumors that uh, Kyle would be part of this? Yeah, I feel like I remember that. Yeah. And so – if Kyle's around, I feel like Jade should be around as well, at least age wise. And that's why I'm like, he seems kinda young to me. But I mean, who knows? It's you know, it's comic book world. They could do anything they want, really, you know. Something weird okay, could so happen.
1: Now you just totally mess with my brain, Josh, because here's the one thing I didn't even think of. What if you cast him, you tell a story that's foundational, one or two parts, about Alan Scott back then? Then you flash forward to a new actor playing an older version of him when you bring the kids in.
0: There you go. Boom. Perfect. (laughs) And explains the one-year thing.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. See, now I'm deeply intrigued because you could have him pop up a couple of times, his own story, other stories, and then later bring in an older actor and tell the story of Jade, the story of Obsidian, Um Ooh, like I didn't even consider that possibility, but now that I'm looking at why would you go with the younger one if and for that, and and now, boy, that just synced up, man. Nice. Thank you for making my brain have fun.
0: You are welcome. <laughs> Green Lantern is my jam, so uh, I had a lot to say there. But uh, <laughs> uh, I'm glad <laughs> that I was able to uh, stoke the fires in your brain, Cavity. All right, so – For our last story in the TV and streaming, uh, we got Tom Cavanaugh. You know, recently we talked about him leaving The Flash, but he's not leaving the Arrowverse completely, as he will be directing the season finale of Superman and Lois. Uh, Seth, I want to get your thoughts on this.
1: Okay, so this is one of those stories that sort of blows me away, because as I'm reading through it I, I discover things I didn't even know so for starters you know yeah as you mentioned we've we've been preparing for the fact I have certainly that that we're no longer going to have Tom Kavanaugh because every Wells was awesome I mean <laughs> just most recently I was watching the one with Infinite Wells and I was like oh he's he's just like every version of him was so masterfully captured so I I I didn't even, either I knew and I forgot, or I never knew, or it just, you know, kind of like a stone skipped across the surface of my brain, that he had directed the 100th episode of The Flash. Um, I yeah. I was blown away reading this and just thinking to myself, well, okay, and then I love that he's like, yeah, you know, I directed the 100th, I kind of get the uh, pomp and circumstance, I embrace it, and that the confidence they have in what he did with uh, Flash is enough for them to say, okay. We want you to come over we want you to to handle this uh finale and i think the thing that catches me the most is there's a very specific tone that he's really aware of and the way he describes it in this article is so thoughtful um the the, the approach that he suggests about the cinematic style and also that iconic uh scene of the sun setting with the uh the mailbox in front of the ken house out on the farm that that being so conscientious about where that history is in the comics and how it's pulled to the screen in that way and knowing that that attention is what's going to go into that finale that really makes me excited for it because you know what he's done as an actor has been amazing everything i loved about that 100th episode of the flash showing up now in this superman lois finale it's a lot of good reasons and what a high note for him to step away on. And, and also what love and reverence he shared for that idea of like, we're so committed to what we've done on this, that all it takes is in the future, I get the call and I'm going to be so happy to do it because of how great this guy makes me feel when I work with him. I mean, if you want to have a testament from anybody who works with you when they're leaving and there's a possibility of coming back, I want them to say that about me, whatever it might be. Like that That's a, that's a really lovely thing for him to share. And I mean, <laughs> you got to love somebody who walks out with class, who's just like, by the way, these are all the things you're going to love hearing because they're true. Yeah. So bringing in that tone, man, I-, I can't think of a better choice. Brad, what'd you think?
2: You know, I, I think the main reason why a show like say Firefly gets the cult. Call- following it does and people miss it so much and and people still cling to it so much these days is because the cast had such chemistry together and you could tell that they just loved working together and creating these characters. And the Arrowverse shows are like that. So it was a real bummer to hear that Kavanaugh was leaving, but it's, you know, Seth, you're right. This is such a high note to leave on that. They're still keeping it in that Arrowverse CW family uh, and hopefully he can come back and, and direct other episodes and, you know, he's, it certainly isn't his first rodeo with the Arrowverse, so he knows what he's doing. So it's in capable hands. So I'm anxious to see what he does with it because this, the season has been, um, kind of like Stargirl better than I was expecting it to be. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I just love that he's
0: staying involved. Uh, what about you, Josh? yeah I'm actually really excited for this because I love the the hundredth episode of the flash so uh if he can bring that level to this finale you know I'm all for it and yeah like you like you said, you know keeping it in the family I think is a great thing and hopefully hopefully he will come back and you know direct other uh, episodes maybe on other shows maybe he'll you know direct uh I don't know what all, what else we still got because uh I think supergirl's ending. And Black Lightning, so maybe maybe some Batwoman, maybe he'll uh, he'll do some Batwoman or something something like that. I don't know. Uh, whatever new show, because I'm sure that they will start pumping out some new uh shows as well. But uh, yeah, I'm really excited for it. I think uh, I think he'll end this fantastic season on a high note. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. All right, so that ends our TV and streaming news, and we're gonna move into comic book news. We have three stories here. We are gonna start off with uh one that uh I'm pretty excited about. The uh some of the Gotham City books are going to be entering a new crossover event, a Scarecrow centric crossover event titled Fear State. Seth, what are your thoughts on uh on this new crossover that's coming? It's
1: it's really great to have read the Future State, you know, which is that flash forward series that that gave you this like How did we get here? Feeling with all of these characters. And now it's just sort of like saying, "Okay, so this is how we get there. And it's it's a really ominous feeling to know that you've seen just how dark it can get. And you almost feel like you can't stop what's happening. You know, it's like. You're watching the horror movie and you watch the killer go into the house and you know which room he's in. And you're watching people choose all the rooms until they get to the one where he's at. And you're like, I can't stop you. <laughs> I just have to watch. I'm, I'm almost powerless to prevent what I know is going to be like some really um, unbelievable, unexpected changes that are coming to Gotham. And this fear state bringing it in. For starters, the new Scarecrow. I mean... He might be the same guy, but he doesn't look like him. And his his whole process that he is putting into place it 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 feels long, it feels drawn out. This crossover feel like it's going to cover a lot, and it's going to bring in so many characters who are probably still completely exhausted from Joker War. And also, I love the fact that it's going to push Nakano closer and closer to enacting the the peacekeepers, uh, you know, setting up the magistrate. This this whole thing that seemed like there's no way this could happen. And sure, okay, maybe it's plausible, but it seems impossible. And with every step, we get closer and closer to it. And this suggests a lot of, <laughs> a lot of things to be afraid about. And if you're the Scarecrow, what else could you want from a crossover? Brad, what did you think?
2: Yeah, if you're reading the Batman books now, you can definitely see the writing on the wall. Because there's been a lot of Scarecrow stuff going on. So uh i think that uh, a scarecrow centered crossover was not a big surprise but what i love is the idea that it is going to tie into what we saw in future state uh, i love that idea that we're you know it's all kind of coming together so yeah this is um it, it, this is going to be a lot of fun and it's going to be uh definitely the best version of Scarecrow that we've seen in a while. Certainly the best look of the character since the Arkham games. So yeah, I, I, I'm down for this ride, you know, take my ticket, strap me in for this roller coaster. I'm down. Uh, what
0: about you, Josh? I actually love the, uh, the look of this, the Scarecrow uh, that they have in this image here. It's fantastic. He's, uh, you know, he's got like the, the green tubes kind of reminiscent of Bane. Um, you know, he's got this, Kind of giant-looking gas mask and the orange eyes—it's just—it's creepy and awesome, and I and I love the look of it. And I love that this this crossover is going to introduce a couple new series as well. You know, we're getting uh, a book called I Am Batman, which is going to follow up the events of uh, of the next Batman: Second Son, as well as a book uh, titled Batman: Fear State Alpha. Which uh, is supposed to take the, the threads that were started in Future State and Infinite Frontier and uh, bring them into the forefront to uh, to lead into what uh, the next year of Batman stories will look like. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited for all of that. Uh, and it uh, says that Fear State will kick off with I Am Batman number 0 on August 10th uh, and hits the main Batman title in issue 112 this September. So... Don't have to wait too much longer for it, so I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's always nice when you get uh, – I love kind of like the more horror side of things, and that's kind of what it feels like we're going to be getting with this, so uh, I, I, I dig that. I, I, I could use more of that in my life. So All right, so uh, next up we got a uh, kind of preview uh, look at uh, Static Season 1, the uh, upcoming book from uh, the new Milestone revamp. Uh, Seth, what did you think of the uh, first look here at Static?
1: I think it's a great follow-up to that um, preview that they had recently, the Milestone preview that just sort of you know showcased each of the characters in these little vignettes. Um, I, think, I think it was uh, originally the, the digital first. And, and this concept of, of <laughs> as they suggest, like, Virgil's not the guy you would have expected in a protest, but he had his reasons for going. And... When he's there, so much breaks out that it's going to be a a lot of fun to revisit that story that I I got the chance to see the hints of in that earlier uh, milestone preview. The covers are so righteous. I mean, so absolutely right. The action on them is really impressive. The second one feels very similar to covers I've seen before. But man, when you get over into that Brad Anderson one, there is something so cool about that between the light and uh, the way his suit is and the pose and the lightning. Um, Probably my favorite out of all of them, but they're all great. I think you're going to, you know, take a look at these and and dig them as well. And I'm just excited that Milestone's coming. Like, there's just this great feeling of of catching all these characters second time around and seeing how much more they can tell. You know, they touched on stuff the first time around that was amazing. Uh, This only hints at at where they can you know go into some really interesting deep waters so i'm looking forward to seeing uh you know more of this issue but the preview it's got me excited how about you
2: yeah i i love this preview It, it feels very 90s influenced but yet still modern and fresh and i love when they can ride that balance and i've been looking forward to this issue since we first talked about it so yeah i i can't wait this is uh, i I think the whole milestone relaunch is going to be one of my favorite comic events this year so yeah i'm definitely looking forward to this one uh what about you
0: uh josh definitely uh i'm i love that they kind of Kind of, kind of changed up Virgil's origin a bit for this, which I really like. You know, it's kind of moving past the, you know, gang violence and going into to Black Lives Matter, which is very topical and it makes sense in today's climate. So I actually really like that. Um, and Seth, you were talking about uh, that Brad Anderson cover. Uh, the, the, I, I assume it's the one, the the Kuypel Anderson one. The one where he's kind of like mid-air with the, with the electric fists. Because uh, oh, yeah. that that one is spectacular. Um, I also really like that Kyle uh, Baker one. It's really different from all the others. And uh, I, I don't know what it is about it, but I really like the artwork on that one as well. So yeah, this, this preview uh, has definitely got me hooked. Um, I'll be checking it out. Uh, I didn't read a whole lot of the Milestone stuff back in the day but uh i will definitely be you know checking out this stuff and uh, it'll probably make me go back and read some of the old stuff so hopefully that is what will happen uh you know with with other people as well i hope so
1: i will just say it again and again if you haven't read hardware the old 90s one on the infinite app like just read issue one and that hooked me i read that first issue and i was like this is the coolest concept ever and I was sucked in. I mean, granted, it was the coolest concept for the 90s. So, you know, let's go ahead and give it some <laughs> framework of understanding. But yeah, man, like Milestone, it, the moment I read that, I was just like, OK, OK, you guys are doing something different. And I love that feeling of this series, too. So that's my that's my blurb rant.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll definitely have to check that out. No, I have not. I have not read that one. Uh, All right. So we are on to our last story. Uh, Aquaman celebrates his 80th anniversary in a 100 page special. Seth, give me your thoughts. It's about time.
1: (laughs) I mean, Aquaman's due, you know, he's due. I've loved every one of these uh, birthday anniversary celebration 100 pagers and there's been so many different versions of, of Aquaman and, and stories that you can go back to uh, the collection of covers I'm just sort of bated breath like so when do we get to see these because uh, <laughs> there's some really talented artists putting their spin on the 40s 50s and all through the decades which has been one of those great things to just find the one that you love for each one of these anniversary specials and and nab it and just sort of like like no you've got this like great snapshot of of a moment that reflects Um, these anthologies have been DC's bread and butter recently as far as just telling beautiful stories in in an amazing collection and I have no doubt based on the art and the uh, the writing talent that we we know are going to be appearing in here there's a laundry list and it's a lot of great names whose stuff I love the one that probably got me the most Dan Waters are you kidding me like I can't wait to see his Aquaman story I, I, I'm bated breath on that one. So a lot of great things to look forward to. Brad, what did you think?
2: Yeah, I, I love DC anthology issues and all these other anniversary issues that we've gotten have been amazing. So uh, I definitely think we're in for more of the same when it comes to Aquaman. And like you said, it, it, it's so much fun to see this character finally get his due. Even though his kind of la- last ongoing series was canceled, hopefully, you know, we'll see we'll see another one, especially since, you know, the movie will be coming out in the next year. But um, I think in the meantime, I think that, yeah, this lineup is good. I think, um, you know, and, and I like that we were getting different time frames of the character. Uh, like we have in other anthologies, so it's gonna be fun to see in the pages of this anthology itself the character evolve. So,
0: yes, yeah, is another one that I'm excited for. Uh, what about you, Josh? Yeah, I've loved these uh, eighty page anthologies that they that they've been doing, like uh, that green lantern one i I adored that one. Um, and so giving Aquaman the opportunity to kind of shine in his own, I think is great because I mean, even though, you know jason momoa kind of turned him into a badass people still make uh you know he talks to fish jokes all the time you know so it's it's nice to to give him that ability to kind of be highlighted so like you know something that somebody could just randomly pick up who maybe doesn't read the aquaman issues because they they don't know where to begin but this would be a good good starting point for him or just something to kind of get them introduced to it so Uh, I, am I'm really, uh, excited to see what they, what they put out in this one. And, uh, yeah, I hope that they continue to do these, uh, anniversary issues for, uh, decades to come, as long as they can. All right. So, that, uh, that wraps up everything, uh, on this episode, episode number 119 of the DC Comics News Podcast. Uh, you guys have any last thoughts that you'd like to get out of your head. I know, I know, Seth. You were talking about uh, Invincible and uh, Jimmy Olsen over there earlier. So, <laughs> you got any last minute thoughts? Now's the time.
1: The thing that really catches me the most about that series and the potential they can draw from is, if you want to see just all of the potential wackiness Jimmy Olsen is accrued, go back and read the most recent 12 issue Maxi series and then be inspired to go back and find all those other Jimmy Olsen stories remember this is the guy who brought Dark side to Earth like it was Jimmy Olsen who made it happen so there's a lot of rich material to take from that and then just from the recent Invincible series which they they turned into this great animated product on Amazon and I thought it did this great job of showing a young hero connecting with his friends, Keeping secrets, struggling with it, eventually coming out and and sharing, you know, why he needed their support. And if if there's any way of recognizing how well that worked and doing the same thing in the upcoming uh, animated series we were talking about, a young Clark, Lois, and Jimmy and the world seen through Jimmy's eyes. You you could really again explore that new perspective. And there's a rich history of stories that you can tell with that. So um, I just love the potential behind it. And how much they can draw from. I mean there's some great comic stories that feature all those characters. And Jimmy has a zany streak. That just needs to be shown in animation. Uh, a little more completely.
2: What about you Brad? Uh, yeah the yeah, the Invincible series is great. Um, but as far as um, <laughs> the overall n- this episode. I'm just glad that Aquaman's been uh, redeemed from all the nonsense that happened in Entourage. So <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's nice to see that. But, um, yeah, you know, it's just it's so much fun doing this podcast because there is so much cool things going on in D.C. now. And it's so very they're, they're doing so much fun stuff with all these characters, whether it is the animated series, you know, in in comics in animated series and young adult books and things like that and that was kind of cool about this episode is there was a lot of stuff spread over a lot of different areas of what's of what's coming so yeah it's just um yeah i mean just it's like it's not slowing down dc is full speed ahead on all fronts so it's 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 fun to be a part of
0: yeah absolutely absolutely so uh yeah like i said that uh that wraps up episode 119 of uh the dc comics news podcast uh let me know uh where you guys can be found on the interweb seth where can everybody find you
1: you can find me at dc comics news writing reviews you can find me hanging out with the gang here on the podcast network hosting the spinner rack and you know i'm i'm out there just type in seth singleton and come say hi how about you Rick?
2: Yeah, you can find me writing news, uh, an occasional review on DC Comics News. Uh, You can find me on the Mad Love Harley Quinn podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter
0: at FlickyB1. And what about you, Josh? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at J.P. Raynor. That's J-P-R-A-Y-N-O-R or my other site uh, uh, at Merck. You can also check me out there. Thank you again, everybody. Be sure to check out DC Comics News on all the social medias. That's at DC Comics News on uh, all of the social medias that you can, uh, you know, relatively think of. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, YouTube. We're all there. Hope you guys check us out. Uh, And we love to leave every broadcast with one simple request. And that is to... Read. Read. (laughs) More. Comics! (laughs) That's right, everybody. Do it. Catch you guys next time.